This is VH Snack. Episode, but you know what? I was at the beach for a week. I came back. You were preparing for VHS Fest. Yeah. You went to VHS Fest. Yeah. It was amazing, dude. I mean, like, uh, VHS Fest 5 was the biggest, best one yet. I mean, we broke an attendance record at Mahoning. Um, it was absolutely incredible. We had a little bit of a weather hiccup on Friday. We, like, got a little bit of a monsoon, and everybody was radically rewind wet. Yeah, but, uh, we all that. persevered. You know, it was it was a lot of fun, and I think it provided an experience that no one will soon forget, my friends. So. so, what time did you? What time did VHS Fest kick off on Friday? So Friday was about five o'clock when the doors opened. Okay, right? and gates, when did the rain start? I think it was like seven. Okay, well at least people like got set up. You know, oh, like, everybody was set up. And I think that was like the worst part. I felt so bad for all the vendors because all the lunch meat stuff, a lot of it got wet. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like Ooh. it was just like flooded everywhere. It was crazy. But like Friday was it was crazy. But I mean, Saturday was absolutely beautiful. Everything dried. It was it was such a gorgeous day and just a perfect rewind redemption for Saturday, man. <laughs> it was uh, it was absolutely beautiful. And I don't want to thank everybody that came and had an amazing time and I can't wait for next year, man. It's totally awesome. I will be there next year. Sorry I couldn't make it, man. You were there in VH Spirit, dude. You know you were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. dude. I was uh well, when I was uh sitting in my living room and I was, I was looking at the Instagram stories for the oh, event man. and I saw the monsoon. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh no." Yeah, dude. I mean, you can't it, it's mother nature. You just can't it's what can you do? I almost texted you and it was like, "Oh, dude." so sorry but i figured you'd like i just pictured you like in a sinking ship like throwing <laughs> water out of the tent like scooping it out and you're like I mean, we're, we're going had, down it was crazy we had to load up the car in the rain and everything and after the rain stopped right and night fell and the movies came on like people were like we had to set the merch back up because people were still totally buying stuff and coming to the tents and mm-hmm. seeing the vendors and like how everybody came together and everything it was really really awesome man so um it was just really cool to see everybody just get through it and and you know it's like you said you can't can't control the weather unfortunately yeah. so yeah yeah and the mahoning has been saved the mahoning is saved yeah dude. what's yeah. all this uh it, the drama came and went fairly quickly yeah it was kind of like the rain on friday yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> like it seemed like everything was going to shit and then like all of a sudden just it cleared up and it, it's it's beautiful man like i i, I I was really worried. I was brought to tears about it, you know, when I talked to Virgil about it and, you know, cause that place is just such a staple of that community and cinema community in general. And, you know, we built VHS fest there and, you know, we've helped each other and they've helped so many other filmmakers and, and, you know, just other people like cinema people. And, um, but yeah, green skies backed out when they saw that the outpouring, the outpour of support, you know, for this, this incredible place, so, I mean, it was just 24 hours pretty much or 48 hours, something like that. And it's all good. So, well, that's cool. Yeah. So congratulations. Being cool. Green skies. Yeah. Green skies. Thank you for actually recognizing an important piece of history and culture. Like, yeah. They, you, they yeah. probably could have been like the villain in some eighties movie. Like totally. Yeah. We're going to take over the place and think about all the money we can make. <laughs> yeah, totally. And they're not, you know, and I mean, it's, it's really cool to see that. And, um, Mahoning drive in forever, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was like something out of a movie. Like, guys, yeah. we got to save the drive-in. Oh, I mean, 
it totally has that vibe, you know, yeah. and it was, it was like a kind of a storybook thing in like 24 hours and man, what a rush, but you know, yeah. absolutely thrilled, relieved, you know, that, that it can continue to do all the amazing things that it does. So shout out to Mahoning, shout out to Green Sky, shout out to everybody that supported it. And it really was the community that saved it, man. All the voices, people writing in, reposting. Yeah. And that just shows you the power of community and how how incredibly um, impactful it can be. So Cool, man. Glad to hear that uh, successful VHS Fest and uh, Mahoning has been saved. All in all, all groovy, man. All groovy. Yeah. Oh, hey, we're recording at um, Josh's house today. We're this not. This is the first one. We're we're hanging out at at my place. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, we like agreed to this a month ago. So in my mind, I'm thinking we're recording at Josh's house. And I like knock on your door. You're like, "What are you doing here?" I was just about to leave, dude. <laughs> I was just about to leave. Like I was walking to the door to leave, <laughs> and you're like, "Hey, what's up?" And you got all the girls like, "What's going on?" <laughs> so. um Thanks for coming here, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's nice to be in. Uh, well, you know what the the Spook House shed it gets pretty damn hot. It's like in the nineties right now. It so does. and we can't have the air running while we're recording. So you know, we don't want to boil alive. But this is a nice living room. I gotta say, you really VH surprised me when I came over here for the first time. I'm thinking, you know, this guy bachelor. This place is gonna <laughs> tattooed long hair. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be a little grimy. It's gonna be like, yeah, dude, just like push the pizza off the couch. Like, <laughs> Watch out for that three bag yeah, of potato hey, don't chips step over there. On that dead rat over there. Yeah, <laughs> that was my pet until like a week ago. <laughs> but no, you have a you have a nice clean house. You keep it uh nice and VH sanitary. Everything, yeah, man. Well, you know, I mean, I like to keep it neat and. Um, I got a lot of stuff, so I try to keep everything. Got know, a nice ottoman order. here with a yeah. nice blanket draped over it. Yeah, it man, really... You gotta stay comfy. You gotta have a good place to watch all the movies. You even got stuff. curtains up, man. Yeah. Well, do you, um, where do you draw inspiration from? What for my house? Yeah. Do you ever like look at like decor stuff and you're like, ooh, the drapes? I have no idea, dude. <laughs> I just kind of stick stuff on the wall, and I mean, I guess my mom, you know, because I grew up. My house is always my, look at you got a runner on that coffee table. That's some next level stuff. Where'd you get that? My mom gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, putting I, a runner on a coffee table—that's like, whoa, okay. This guy, this guy decorates. Trying to keep it classy, man. You know, I'm, I'm almost, I'm kind of like an adult, so I guess. Yeah. You know, it's a good quality to have. Like people that are straight up slobs. How do you do it? I. Yeah, I don't I, know. I man. mean, I'm not like OCD level of cleanliness. Your house is really clean too, dude. We work hard to keep it clean. Yeah, well, I mean, it, after it, it hits a certain point, it's like, okay, we gotta clean this shit up. You know. Yeah, I mean, I clean my house once a week. It's like a cathartic thing you know yeah. it's like a refresh kind of thing so yeah I, you know but i appreciate you saying so man yeah absolutely I'm glad you're comfortable yeah very comfortable groovy well josh what are we going to talk about today we are talking about an absolute classic from the late 90s 1998 mm-hmm. slc punk didn't come out until may 99 oh i see yeah okay well it's credit is 98 oh yeah it's 98 yeah like, you know but um, we're going to start doing a brief synopsis of the movies that we're covering, because apparently we don't always do that. No, so. I don't think we do. I think we kind of just dive in. And um, one of our listeners uh, wrote in and said, hey, you should probably do a synopsis for people that have no idea what this movie is. Right. And you are absolutely correct. And thank you for that excellent feedback. So it's about two punks, mm-hmm. probably the only two punks in Salt Lake City at the time. In 1985. 
1985, Reaganism. Mm. But they're kind of just existing in Salt Lake City. They go to college, they graduate, and they have no ambition whatsoever. They're just anarchists, punks. Yeah. In Salt Lake, which is like a dead, dead town to them, dead city. And uh, it's really about them just existing in this place in a cast of characters in the punk scene. And then it becomes kind of existential. But it's really just about these two dudes and their friends living in this small town. Well, not small town, but like kind of dead, Mormonized town. Yeah. Being outsiders. Yeah, it's kind of a coming of age tale. Absolutely coming of age. For a, you know, a punk rock coming of age story. Yeah, man. And I mean, it's this was totally a part of my teenage years. I mean, I have to tell you, because we always go into how we found this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. I watched this movie every single day in my, I guess, my ninth grade summer. Okay. Into my 10th grade summer and all that kind of stuff. Like that era, when I was like 17, 18, 19, I mean, I watched this movie like every day. Uh, me and my friend Dave, like it was like a ritual. We put on SLC Punk. We'd smoke cigarettes in the basement. We'd just like hang out. And then after SLC Punk was over... You know, we would get into the car, his like 1992 white Corsica, <laughs> and we would nice. just roll to Salvo, Salvation Army. Uh, people that, I don't know if people call it Salvo still. I I've guess. never heard that, but yeah. I like it. We'd go to Salvation Army, hit it up, buy a couple t-shirts, you know, and then we'd go to the mall and just walk around the mall. That's what you did back then. And we would just imagine that we were in SLC Punk. I mean, we'd ri- we would ride by our high school and flip at the double bird, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, like this thing was like our Bible. You know, like it was like, you know, because you're finding yourself then. And I was playing in like a pop punk band at the time and we Mm -hmm. were always playing punk shows. And there was a very strong scene there. Um, So that movie felt like an extension of of how we were living. So it was definitely integral to to me growing up. And like I said, watched it like probably every day for for years. So, wow. I mean, if that's what it felt like looking back, you know what I mean? Yeah. And revisiting this just really opened up a lot of memories, which we'll get into. But how did you find this movie and how did you become acquainted with it? You know what? Not until I was a little older. I, I want to say maybe 16, 17 or something. And um, yeah, saw it a few times. Really mm-hmm. liked it. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it like all the time, but it always stuck with me. I always end up going back to it like at least say maybe like once every year or two yeah just going back and re-watching it yeah and it's kind of interesting when you re-watch it i'm sure maybe this happened to you your viewpoint from when you watched this when you were like rebellious ninth grader yeah. versus now you kind of see it from a different angle yeah i mean i, I think it, it hit me really hard you yeah know, because when i rewatched it i rewatched it yesterday mm-hmm. and then again this morning and Man, all the memories started flooding back. Like, just we would use lines from this movie in our everyday language, like such I mean, as. I mean, we'd be like, "Fuck you!" Oh, fuck yeah, you. We would do that to all our friends, and I mean, like, it's just it's so many things from this movie just kind of crept into our our natural vocabulary. Like, we, you know, I, I, I think Dave, my friend, like, would even refer to himself as Heron Bob sometimes. I mean, like we were just so like into this movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, it's wild. And, you know, looking back, um, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this, but my best friend passed away uh, when I was uh, like 
in my twenties and it, oh, it, it, yeah, it was just like, it's crazy thinking about it and how it related. And, you know, looking back, it was, it was really powerful. It was crazy. Yeah. 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 I guess we'll, I mean, while we're kind of on the topic, I guess we can talk about the scene, you know, the, yeah. the death scene, which is in my opinion, one of the greatest pieces of acting like ever, I think. Yeah. Matthew Lillard, Lillard so just, powerful. Yeah. And that'll be in my moments for sure. I mean, it's, Matthew Lillard just is crazy, crazy on point in that scene. Yeah, and... Still makes me cry when I watch it, man. It's intense. Weirdly enough, um, I was digging deep through YouTube, just like finding what I could about this movie. And a couple of weeks ago, somebody posted a video. um, I guess they were doing a... Matthew Lillard was at a con recently. They yeah. were have they had like a screen panel, like Skeet Ulrich and Jamie Kennedy were up there. Yeah. But the video starts, it's Matthew Lillard reacts to SLC Punk if you want to watch it. Like it just was posted. Um, but the video starts and they're watching this scene on a giant projector, and they're like all turned around like that. And Matthew Lillard like turns around, he's just like crying. And he like takes his glasses off and he's wiping tears out of his eyes. And he says something into the microphone, but the audio is really poor. It was very echoey. I didn't yeah. hear quite what he said. Um, yeah, I was like, holy shit. That was like two weeks ago. I mean, and it's an incredibly powerful scene. I mean, Jamie like- Kennedy walks over and gives him a hug. I was like, whoa, this is intense. I want to know what led to that moment and what he said afterwards. Yeah. So if anybody was at that con, hit us up. Yeah, for sure. Let us know because... I want to know what he said. Yeah, yeah, it was a very uh, powerful, powerful moment. But I mean, back back to the the movie. Let, let, let's talk about this. So, like, it's it's so frenetic this entire movie, and it jumps around so much. So, rather than being able to attack it like a narrative, it's really about the characters to me. Yeah, because it's all like a storytelling through characters, right? So you got Steve-O, and he's the protagonist. He's the main dude, and that's Matthew Lillard. And he's a powerhouse in this movie. I think this really like, you know, just like shot him into stardom for me. I think around that time, right? Well, I mean, he was pretty well known from Scream in 96. Of course. He had done Hackers. I guess that has a little bit of a... So he was already a star at this point. Um, Yeah, he was coming up. Yeah. But yeah, I think whenever I think Matthew Lillard, I think this role usually... Yeah, I mean, he's fantastic yeah. in this role. And I recently found out doing some research that this was the opening film for Sundance in 99. Really? Yeah, like, imagine this film kicking off Sundance. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so that's a fact. <laughs> Wild, right? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, his character is just so, I want to say punk. You know well, what I mean? Like, he's just <laughs> hey, like, use it. He, he embodies it. I mean, like, it's yeah. just really, and it's, it's funny because, like I said, how it influenced me and my friends. Like, this is what we thought punk was Mm -hmm. like it was kind of like a bible to us it was like this is this is how you are punk you're like Mm -hmm. rebellious and you're like fuck you and you like smoke cigarettes and you like drink beers and like yeah you know you go to parties and like you know we didn't beat up any rednecks or anything i don't think oh yeah i was gonna say did you beat up any rednecks no no but um i mean it was it was you know totally influential and it kind of gave us like a blueprint you know what i mean like and we didn't follow it like super seriously but we definitely employed it you know some of the ideals in here yeah yeah um well what were uh some of your favorite moments in the movie josh oh my what are, goodness what are some uh some standouts there's a lot of good ones there's a lot of good this ones movies like made up 
with it's mostly just moments and memories like it really is matthew lillard's always uh you know just talking at the camera and oh yeah and then this happened and it cuts to this five minute memory and it comes back and you know yeah i mean like it, this, it's not narrative like it is a narrative but i yeah, mean like it, it, bounces, it, it bounces around and it's really fast paced there's a lot of sweeping shots there's a lot of crane shots a lot of overheads yeah it's uh, a lot of kinetic energy it's just lots of fast cuts very energetic mm-hmm. um keeps your attention the whole time some pretty experimental shots too like when he's in the mall and like they go they're up on him and they go down he's and then they they uh, show the punk show where they all get in a fight or whatever yeah. like that's a really cool shot like going back like it, it's directed really really well yeah there's a lot of cool stuff like when uh this popped in my head and i'll let you get to your moments in just a second but like when uh sean gets acid in his legs oh my god yeah and um and i was looking at that and i'm like it could it keeps like zooming in closer and closer until you see like um like a raw like muscle and bone yeah like, with like acid soaking yeah into it. so yeah. i'm like did they put alka-seltzer on like an animal leg from the market or something and just move it back and forth that's kind of what it looks like but i was like wow that's like it could a really be an effect it could be like effects or something you know but it does look really good like yeah. it looks cool and one thing i've always questioned and i still don't understand it and hopefully one of our listeners a vh snacker out there could tell us when they go in through his pants uh-huh. What is the all-seeing eye? Is that like the design on the inside of his pocket? Is that a tattoo that he has? It's like black and red and it's like an all-seeing eye inside of a pyramid. What's it on? I have no idea. It's like a layer. Is it on the acid? Oh, that might be the acid. Oh. That makes sense. <laughs> it might be the acid. Tabs. Oh, okay. Okay. Because uh, tabs of acid usually have like <clears throat> not that I would know. They usually have um <laughs> designs and stuff on them. <laughs> I've never done acid. What are drugs? But yeah, they usually have like different uh, things printed on them. Yeah, like Tony the Tiger or something. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I've never. Seen I've t- never done acid, I've never man, seen so I don't know. Tony the Tiger acid before. I mean, I'm. Not, it's. I hear it's great. So there it is had to do it Frosty. all right so moments, all right give me your moments John. there are so many i mean like you yeah. said this movie is really a string of moments right yeah kind of you know put, you know just like stitched together to create their lives so i have a few all right so when bob and steve-o and mike are at the fast food place and he's in that he's in that uh he's talking about like he did absolutely nothing about the cut on his hand i mean absolutely nothing he just wrapped it up in a dirty old t-shirt and that was it and like (laughs) and bob like coughs and passes out yeah i love that man and she's like is he gonna be okay and mike's like oh yeah he'll be fine thank you though (laughs) and of course you know he's like goes into the into the hospital and he's like i fucking hate doctors man yeah. I fucking hate him. Yeah. So good. Love, Dude, love all that. How good is Jason Siegel in this? Amazing. <gasps> he's so understated too, but then he like freaks out. And yeah. Like, yeah. And I love that he's the young one too, because everybody else yeah. is like in their 20s and he's 18. Yeah. So let's see another great moment. Speaking of the acid, when Devin Zawa, uh, Sean is like outside and Bob walks up. Oh, yeah. He's like, Satan's in the house. <laughs> he killed my mom and turned her into a yeah. <laughs> like, I can't get down because I'll I'll drown. You know what? Oh, Bob? hey Sean, do you uh do you see any land anywhere? No. I like <laughs> like when he look when he looks left and like yeah. it, it squeaks like it's, for some reason it's oh, just yeah. so perfect. Dude. It was like a squeaky sound effect. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I love the the costumes in this. We have to talk about this, like the the actual punk attire and everything. 
Like some of it feels was it a, the oven mitts. The oven mitts are perfect. <laughs> I mean, like, and especially later when Sean's character has he's like trying to apply for the job, which is another moment that I really want to talk oh about. My God. Yeah. He's like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> and his shirt is just spray painted and it says "fuck, Fuck you, you on it. You know, you got a bad attitude, lady. <laughs> I don't need your job. Um, but yeah, his character is awesome. I, I love. Uh, everything that Devin Sawa does in this movie. I think he's absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, so the talk in the living room when Steve is talking to his mom and dad. Yeah. Michael, Michael McDonald. Yeah. Ma- he, yeah. yeah so, Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin. That's yeah, how we yeah. all know him. Huh? Yeah. But uh, he's only 15 years older than Matthew Lillard in this movie. I read that. Really? Which is, doesn't seem right, but I, I guess it's right. How old was Matthew Lillard when he filmed this? His character is 21. I don't know how old he was. Huh. Probably somewhere around that age, though. I have to imagine. But when he's in the living room talking to his parents, mm-hmm. and like he's got that kind of bad bald cap on with the, the mohawk, and his mohawk is like swaying from side yeah. to side when he's moving around, dude. I yeah. love it so much. Oh, oh time out. I just want to ask uh, real quick, if I can. Um, you believe in rebellion, freedom, and love, right? Absolutely. Rebellion, freedom, yes. love. <laughs> you two are divorced, so love failed. Two, mom, you're a new age of clinging to any kind of scrap of Eastern religion that may justify why the above said love failed. Three, dad, you're a slick, corporate, preppy-ass lawyer. I don't really have to say anything else about you, do I, dad? Four, you moved from New York City, the mecca and hub of the cultural world, to Utah. Nowhere to change nothing, more to perpetuate this cycle of money, greed, fascism, and triviality. I mean, your movement of the people, by the people, and for the people got you nothing. You just hide behind some lost sense of drugs, sex, rock and roll, oh, kumbaya. I am the future. I am the future of this great nation, which you, Father, so arrogantly saved this world for. Look, I, I have my own agenda. Harvard, out. University, Utah, in. I'm gonna get a 4.0 in damage. I love you guys. Don't get me wrong. It's all about this. But for the first time in my life, I'm 18 and I can say, fuck you! Steven, I didn't didn't sell out, son. I bought in. Keep that in mind. That kid is gonna make one hell of a lawyer, huh? Yeah, he takes after his father. (laughs) He's a son of a bitch. Fuck you, dear. And then also the lunch with the dad when he picks him up. He's like, can't afford me, old man. And then they like go to lunch. Yeah. I really like their relationship. It's cool. <clears throat> you know, yeah. because they, he respects his son. He respects his dad, but they agree to disagree, you know? Yeah. And I think it's that his dad knows that he's eventually going to grow out of this. Right. Like, and even though it seems impossible to Steve at the time, he's like, ah, fuck you. I'm never going to grow up. You know? Yeah. Like he knows. Yeah. When they're sitting in his car and talking. Yeah. That was a moment where I'm, I'm looking back and I'm like totally siding with the dad in all of this, you know. I mean, you got accepted to Harvard, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, that's no easy task. He's like, well, you know, why'd you go to school? Obviously cared enough to cheat. I why'd cheated, you dad. Cheat? I cheated all through, through, yeah. through college. So. Yeah. But if I had saw that when I was like, you know. 15 years old I might have been like but yeah, I think that's what you're talking school, about man. how we're how we're seeing it differently now like back uh-huh. then we're like yeah fuck yeah Steve-O fuck that yeah. guy and you're like now you're like well Steve-O he's got a point yeah you know <laughs> you know because we're in our 30s now so things Volkswagen. are just different Wagen. <laughs> it's a car <laughs> just a car 
You know what I'm saying? That time. Let me take you to lunch. And when they're at lunch, I love that they're like at this fancy restaurant and yeah. Steve just has a hot dog with like a really? bag of chips. Like if you look at his plate, it's just a hot dog. And oh, I, I just, wow. I just Didn't think about Steve going, I'll have a hot dog. <laughs> well, he and, probably probably brought that in. I mean, maybe you brought the chips in. Yeah. You uh-huh. know? Yeah, and the the hot dog has like a little side salad of like spinach or something too. It's it's Is really this leading to your VH snack. No. Oh, okay. No, the I'm like, you tried to show me the snack when I walked in. By the way, that's against the rules, and you know it. So don't, I'm sorry, I'm don't just so excited, dude. When like, I was, you were like, yo, check it out. I'm like, I'm not looking. So what, for the, when when, when for I was making this last night, dude, I was like all smiles. I was like giddy. Like I'm oh. really excited to show to share this one. I've with been you. like going over the movie in my head all day. Like, well, what's the snack gonna be? I was really like baffled at first yeah. because I was like, there's really no food in this and like all that kind of stuff. But I really thought of this snack in the final three minutes of this movie when I watched it again for the first time, the rewatch. Yes. Two days ago. Okay. So when he's introducing Jen, I think her name is with the red hair. Yeah. It's like, she is a carnivore carnivore. And she's like, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I love that part. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Um, when he takes acid with Sandy, yeah. And like the river of blood and like he's holding the snake and how mm. he like stumbles on his words and then like the uh, apocalyptic. Yeah, that's a uh, footage from Terminator 2 playing behind them. It is. I wonder how they pulled that off. Probably just had her stand in front of a big TV and play the movie. No, I mean like how did they get the rights to play that movie? They probably didn't officially get them. Is it, are they both Lakeshore movies? I don't know. <clears throat> I'm going to sound like an idiot on here. I but, don't know. Um, I mean, but yeah, well. Yeah, that scene is uh if if you ever do acid and you start to drift into bad trip territory, it's like okay, that's pretty accurate there. Yeah, obviously you just have sex on a park bench and it'll fix everything, right? That's what they did and they turned out <laughs> <Yes>. okay. They <laughs> turned out okay. Um another small little snippet scene um when Bob's in quarantine after the infection. Yeah. <laughs> and Steve was like, "How's he doing?" And the nurse is like, have you ever seen The Exorcist? And they're like, yeah. You're like, did you like it? <laughs> I just thought it was really cool to like reference The Exorcist. And they're like, is this dangerous? I and love, she's like, not uh, clinically. Kind of speaking of that scene, when the doctor walks in, like Bob just staring him down the whole time in anger. Yeah. He's like, I fucking hate doctors, man. <laughs> fucking hate doctors, man. I fucking hate them. When they get the needle out, he just loses it. <laughs> yeah it's it's awesome i mean you know bob is my guy so we'll, oh, yeah? we'll get to that but kind of spoiler alert and mark as a character in general nearly everything that he touches in this movie is fantastic the laser disc scene i still quote to this day <laughs> there's a movie on there <laughs> this looks like a silver record but it's not it's a laser disc <laughs> there's a movie on there i still say it all the time <laughs> It's amazing. Um, and like we, we already talked about it, but Bob's death scene oh, is yeah. fucking so powerful and incredible. It makes me, it still makes me cry. Like, I yeah, cry. man, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's it, intense. It's like the spit coming out of Lillard's mouth and his tears and like his facial expressions. And you know, that scene is like, I wasn't ready for, when he says I wasn't ready for this, it still gets me every single time. man. Yeah, that was all done in one take. And Matthew Lillard said that he started just uh, reminiscing about his father. Like, I don't know the whole story there. Mm. Um, so he kind of get himself in, this, in the mood. But yeah, powerful stuff, man. 
Yeah, and then I got one more. Um, but I mean, throw him out. Jason Siegel when he kicks the shit out of all those cars with, yeah. with the baseball bat, amazing. Yeah. I like uh, Jimmy Duvall, James Duvall, when he's like Gandhi. Yeah. <laughs> I love when he says that. Um, and I guess my favorite scene is ironically one of the last scenes where uh, they show their origin, like how they became punk really? and, and how Bob came in and he's like, doors and drawers and elves and dragons and shit, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he puts on Gen X. And I remember wa- watching this movie and when he puts on Gen X, I'm like, oh my God, I love this song. What is this? And it made uh-huh. me go search out Gen X and they become one of my favorite punk bands. So That's cool. Yeah. Did you know that scene was... Added in post, I believe. The producers suggested to the director, like, hey, we, we want you to put like an that scene in here. Like an or like a scene, scene yeah. like that. Yeah. Um I think it's a good scene. It's uh it's a sweet little moment. It's a great know? call because you see where they come from, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, when we get to MVPs, I'll I'll bring this back up, but I think it's so important. I think it's a great call that they put that on. So um but those are my moments. Um, I think that's it. So my favorite moments in SLC New Metal are. <laughs> <laughs> that's the movie I want to see you get made. Okay. Are you ready for <laughs> SLC New Metal? I mean, are you? By the way, dude, um, our corn concert is like two weeks away. Yeah, I know. I we're going to that. see corn, everybody. Yeah, we we're unironically pumped. Yeah, I, I was told some people like VHS Fest, I was going to see Corn. They looked at me like I had like nine heads, and I was just like, I'm serious. And they're like, cool, dude. Good for you. And I was like, no, man, I'm stoked. I'm oh, ready. my God. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to bust. Yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy. That's the movie I want to see. 1996. Two friends are on the way to the mall to buy life is peachy. <laughs> New Jersey, new metal. <laughs> yeah. I would totally watch that, dude. Oh, new Jersey, new metal. Yeah. Um, okay, some of my favorite moments. Bob lecturing Steve on acid, yeah. wearing those fucking blue boots. Yes. Oh, so funny. Iconic blue Doc Martens, dude. Yeah. Iconic, yeah. It's like, you know that shit you're doing, man? It's gonna fuck up your mind, dude. It stays in your fucking spine forever, dude. <laughs> you ever heard of people... I don't know if this is true or not, and again, I've never done acid. Seriously. Uh-huh. I've never done it, but... All right. I know people are like, come on, Josh. I know you have, like, I have not. So Mushrooms? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I have done shrooms. So when people, it stays in your spinal cord, right? So is it true so that if you say, if you crack your back, you can have like a, I've, I've heard that. Is that a mm, thing? I don't know. I've heard that like dudes in prison, like try to crack their back a lot. <laughs> what? <laughs> is that a what i mean because they don't have any acid and they want to trip so they try cracking their back and like shaking some acid loose is that what i you're heard about? that it's some who knows if that's true or not we're gonna do some investigative journalism after yeah. this yeah okay yeah is that okay for one does it really stay in your spine spinal column forever i have to assume it does i mean two can you crack your back and start tripping i don't know <laughs> no idea I guess I have to do acid and wait a little while and then crack my back and I'll get back to you. I'll get Imagine back to you. Morning, I like get out of bed and I'm like, oh, it's like, do, 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 do. <laughs> you like get out of bed and you're like Whoa, on a magic carpet breathing, ride. Man. Crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great scene. It and is. that kind of leads into um, 
Well, you know what happened to Sean, right? No, no what, what happened, happened to Sean? Well, he was like selling acid at the high school, right? <laughs> and the cop comes out and starts chasing after him. So, well, it, it the part where Sean is selling acid to John the Mod, yeah. and his friend is like, shut up, man. I'm going to kick your ass tonight. Kick my ass. Kick my ass. Ooh. <laughs> we used to quote that all the time, too. Dude. I love that. Yeah. I still say that one. Ooh. Ooh. With his little oven mitt shaking. Love it. Oh, man. So, yeah, that one's up there. I also had Steve-O's speech to his parents. Another little moment from that scene that I love when uh, his mom's like, he's just like his dad, a real son of a bitch or something. Yeah. And he says, fuck you very much. What's he say? He's like, fuck you, dear. Yeah. It's so subtle, yeah. very subtle, and I don't think I even caught that until yesterday when I rewatched it. I was like, I never noticed that. So. There are a lot of subtleties in this movie, you know, and, and um, I mean, that's a great one. Good yeah, call. Yeah. Um, oh, the Wyoming beer trip. Amazing. I'm so glad you brought this up. So is this true? Like um, in at least Salt Lake, is the beer actually 3% and not? I don't know. I've never been to Salt Lake City. Yeah, me neither. But he is right. I mean, like. Was that ever a thing? Is it still a thing? I don't know. We got to investigate these things. We got to. Well, so I think it gives our here. it gives our an audience a chance. Our, all the VH snackers out there to engage with us and be like, "Hey, dudes, yes, yeah, you hey. should, yeah." I live in Utah, and there's only three percent beer out here. So, I mean, if if you're in Utah or if you already know, like, let us know because because Steve is right. It's like if you have alcohol, you have alcohol. Yeah. So you know, a dude's is, uh, a drunk's is going to drink twice as much. Yeah. So, that is true. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't get it. Yeah. It says it's religious influence in the movie, but <clears throat> but the thing is, uh, Marandino, the director, said that it's not autobiographical, but it's based around his experience there and like people that he knew growing up. Yeah, growing up. Yeah, the Wyoming beer trip is great. You meet uh, Eddie. Why I love this scene in particular: the old lady in the liquor store. She is in Halloween 6. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't realize that. And I'm like, if if you listen to the Spook House, you'll know a running theme. I always talk about Halloween 6. So every time I see this movie, I'm like, hey, it's Miss Blankenship from Halloween 6. That's cool. Because she's a local SLC actress. She did like a few movies when she was older. And this is one of them. Halloween 6, the other. So. What the hell are you? <laughs> We're from England. That's probably why we seem like so weird to you. You do a really good Bob. You're so good at impressions. <laughs> I love um, when they're pulling in there. He's like, so when we were in Wyoming, we were fucking aliens. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's totally, totally a great scene. And, uh, you know, when he pulls his ass out and he's got the, the 666 on his ass, too. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And they totally got that beer for free. That's true. They did not pay for that beer. Mickey's. Oh, yeah. That's the good stuff. Yeah. You just wait, buddy. What? Are we drinking Mickey's later? <clears throat> Maybe. What? Oh, okay. Is this a little VH? Uh... I love that you're going for it. <laughs> you don't even have anything in mind. You just want to throw something down. It's awesome, dude. Is this a little hint you're throwing out? Is yeah, that what's happening? We want to have a little VH sip later. You okay. Never know. Okay. All right. Well, moving on to more of my favorite moments. Steve-O and his dad in the car. I really enjoy this scene. I think they have a good chemistry. 
Um, mm-hmm. They're both technically right in their viewpoints. Yeah. They're just at different parts of their life. You know? I mean, they kind of are the same person. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I know you, Steve. Just like me. You see that as the movie progresses, too. Like, how yeah. similar they are. Like, even the cadence of their voice and how they speak and all this other kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's a great scene. And I think it really establishes what you're talking about. So Yeah. Sean's job interview. I mean... So good. He's like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> He's like, do you have experience selling women's clothes? What the fuck would I have experience with that? What do I look like, lady? <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Like, just do you have experience with retail? <laughs> why would why would I, if I already had experience with retail, why would I be here? Yo, while we're talking about Sean, you know, like his little acid trip scene in the kitchen. Yeah, and there's that brief shot of uh, the guy dressed as the devil, yeah. like with his shirt off in the yeah. kitchen. Who's that guy? I want to know who that guy is. Yeah, it always freaked me out the way he like lifts up like that. You know, like how he like kind of jumps up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> freaking weird yeah and also like when when he's like shoving that the butcher's knife down his throat or whatever like obviously he's pushing it on Uh behind his face but it looks really good yeah the editing there is uh pretty crazy yeah it looks cool yeah um well i had the death scene as well of course i mean that's a given and we've kind of already talked about that um the epilogue well not quite the very end of the movie but this part really stuck with me he was like when we were into it we were certain the world was going to end but when it didn't we had to do something yeah because i can remember very clearly being like young 20s like no care like you know i'm gonna die when i'm young man i don't give a fuck what am i gonna do now and And it's just so telling it's like it actually tells the story of a lot of us because we were all like you know in a punk scene or in a metal scene or like in, in some some kind of scene you felt like because it was your entire world you know, and like I said, I mean, this movie influenced me so much. And a lot of my friends, like I was writing on T-shirts because in the opening scene when they when they beat up the rednecks, like you can see that Bob has a shirt on that he wrote something on it. I can't tell what it says, but then I started buying white T-shirts and just writing sayings on them oh, and, yeah. and wearing them to school. Huh. And I would like buy jackets and like draw on them. You know, huh. I found a shirt. I remember a very specific instance. We watched SLC Punk like every other day. We went to the thrift store, we went to Salvation Army and I found a shirt that says, I am the future. And it says on the back, it says, are you scared yet? What? Yeah, I found What's this the shirt. story behind that shirt? I have no idea. I don't remember what what kind of shirt it was. It was just a shirt I found at the thrift store. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and so, what? and like, you know, like when, when Steve was like, I am the future. I am the future of this great nation. Oh, I yeah. was like, man, I got to have this. And I, I cut the shirt up and I had a hoodie that just said, I am the future on the back of it forever. And I wore it forever. Like That's years. Cool. Yeah. Do you still have it? Nah. Damn it. Nah, that's gone. I think I left it at my drummer's house in like 2001. Hey, drummer in 2001, give us that shirt back. Give me my hoodie back, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. In the future. Yeah. That's cool, man. Um, Yeah. Well, you know, I guess when you saw this, it was 1998. There's not like a lot of, uh, you don't have a lot of opportunities to kind of view inside the punk world, you know, and this was mm. one of them. I mean, that's so, we were building a punk world. Like we, there was a really strong punk scene, like pop punk scene in in my little South Jersey town in like two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two, even mm-hmm. two thousand three. And it was just, it was just the right time for that for that movie and for me because I feel like that's when I was watching it a lot. It was like not ninety eight or ninety nine, but like two thousand, two thousand one. 
So yeah, yeah we had the tape. I had the tape, and we just watched it in my basement all the time. Pretty sought after tape. Goes yeah. for decent money on eBay. Yeah, even the DVD goes for like 15, 20 bucks. Which I actually is kind of a lot for a DVD. That is a, it's a lot. And honestly, like I went back to my parents' house and I was sure that I would find it in the basement with all my other tapes that I've stored there. Right? Mm-hmm. Couldn't find it. So I went to VHS Fest and I did find a copy of it. Wow. And it was twenty bucks. But I traded my homie. Um, shout out to Matt Diltz from Future Video for hooking me up with that trade. I really appreciate it, dude. Nice. And um, so that's the the copy that I watched. So yeah. You don't have a VHS tape of a certain movie? Wow, who who would have thought that? Dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean you've got like the library in the other room over there. Can't have it all. Where would I put it, dude? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know why I had this thought of a conversation we had once. Yeah. Like we we both grew up like playing a lot of sports, mm-hmm. playing baseball. We were both good at baseball. Yeah. But right around like what, age twelve, that's mm-hmm. when we were like, Well, I'm not gonna do that because those guys do that and I'm this guy. Yeah. You know? And I think that's uh it's a kind of a toxic mindset to have. I mean, I guess every young kid has it, but like point being like, just because you think you're like, well, I'm, I'm punk or I'm the metal guy. And those guys, that's for like the preppy guys. It's like, you just shorted yourself playing baseball, having fun, maybe even making some friends because you're like, well, I'm this, you know, and fuck you. So, I mean, I used to be like that. Like that's, that's part of the reason why. I didn't follow through with, you know, keeping up with that kind of stuff. But I think it's a really tough time. I mean, like you got to look at a lot of coming of age films because, you know, these films come from truth, right? When yeah. you're 12 or 13 years old, you're coming of age. You're figuring out who you are. You're making your identity. Yeah. You know, and I think what this what this film is about. So, you know, it relates perfectly like these people like Bob and Steve and all these people. They're just they don't they don't know who they are yet. They think they do. Yeah. Right. But they, they don't because they haven't really grown into it. And like, it's interesting that you, you bring this up and I think it's really great is that there was an overlap there for a little while where I played baseball and played in a band. And I remember having blue hair and playing baseball. Right. So every time oh, I would like, <clears throat> every time I would strike out a side or something, I would always take my hat off and show everybody that I had blue hair. And I was like really proud of it. Oh, nice. That's yeah. It's awesome. corny looking back, but I mean, Fuck like, you. exactly. That's what I was doing, dude. It's exactly what I was doing. And then what really stopped is like, I would have played baseball forever, man. You know, we talk about this a lot. And like, I yeah. think if I had a totally different trajectory, like if I didn't start playing music, working for labels, doing all this other stuff, uh-huh. I probably would have went for professional baseball. And I mean, it's crazy because we all have these dreams and hopes when we're a kid, you know, people want to be different things when they're a kid. But I mean, I still think about it, but like what really stopped it was I couldn't play baseball and being at the band and being a band at the same time, because it started happening where it was baseball game or practice, or I had a show or band practice. Right. And I had to choose one. Music was more fun for me at that time. Yeah. And that's like probably the better choice in a way. Like, you know, who, who does, but who knows? yeah, you never know. But yeah, I, I think it's important to just keep an open mind about whatever. Like even today, like don't just because, um, you know, you, you're like the movie metalhead guy and you might be thinking like, well, I'm not going to go do this because that's for those people. And this is what I do. It's like, well, don't shut yourself off from new experiences or people because you think that you 
fit in this little box, you know? Because I look back on times in my life and I'm like, I feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities because I kind of pigeon-held myself in some ways. I mean, it happens, dude. Those are growing pains. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure I did it too. You know, when I was uh, working for the label and stuff, I definitely got a big head and, you know, I look back and it, it sucked. You know what I mean? I was like, I didn't want to hang out with certain people and things like that. And like, it's stupid looking back. Did you ever use the P word? Poser. Yeah. We use oh, poser all the time, God. dude. That's what I'm saying. We call people posers all the time. I can't believe I used time. to call people posers. Oh, dude. Poser was an ultimate insult, dude. I mean, when you, like, when somebody. Oh, dude. When somebody dropped the P word on me, I'm like, what? It was fucking offensive. Dude, it's all. Like, yeah. That's, <laughs> those are fighting words, dude. I yeah. mean, people, people want to want to sling that shit. But, um, I mean, I think what I've learned more, and this kind of relates to what you're saying, because I totally agree, is that of course you it's a part of maturing you mm-hmm. mature and you realize that you know it doesn't matter what you wear or necessarily what you're into it's about the person that you are right so yeah and it's also it, it goes both ways because just because somebody's wearing a white zombie t-shirt doesn't mean that you're going to connect on anything else it's true you know what i mean Very true. And, it, and it's like that's something that i've learned you know and and it's like you want to be somebody's friend immediately because they're wearing a particular shirt or they're at the same show or they're like at a vhs swap or something mm-hmm and you have this thing that connects you, right? But like, how deep does that go? Right. You know, and so it's just yeah. like, like you said, like building relationships with people because of the, the person that they are, not necessarily of their interests or hobbies. Yeah. Same thing with like dating. Yeah. Like, God, I remember in high school, it was like, dude, if she's not wearing a Slipknot shirt, I'm not interested. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, but you see it, you know. That you won't a- get me, dude. I'm deep. I'm fucking dark. You don't understand me. Watch out for my spike bracelet. Have you even listened to the downward spiral, dude? (laughs) Like, do you even know what I'm talking about? Like, you don't get my pain, dude. And I mean, it's, it's a very interesting conversation that could sprawl out into something else entirely, you know? And I think it's a really cool point that you bring up is that it shows that cultures can be very binding but they can also be very restrictive at the same time yeah you know i mean so binding on twofold but it's it's cool it's 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 something that i'm exploring to this day at 36 you know yeah and not to make this sound like a therapy session or something but like looking back i definitely let music be too much of my identity Mm -hmm. it was like band shirts 100% 100% of the time. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I fucking like and fuck you. And, you know, you know, got, that kind of thing. I got it's, seven corn shirts, one for every day of the week, dude. dude literally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those people existed everywhere, you know? Yeah. But like, looking, looking back, it was like, yeah, dig the music, listen to it as much as you want. But like, don't let it be like, this is, this is who I am. Identity is a hard thing, dude. Yeah. And this movie is about like an identity. Like I really, and here's a moment that we should, we didn't both, both didn't bring up. We should talk about Well, when he, um, has that discussion, her name's escaping me, but it's her party that he goes to and he falls in uh, love with her. Brandy. Brandy. Yes. Right. So she totally like blindsides him. Right. Yeah. And like, she totally deconstructs everything that he's been hinging on for pretty much, you know, since he was a teenager. Yeah. And I think that's such an important part of that film, and you can see him change, mm-hmm. you know? And she's right. And she's absolutely right, yeah. She's like, you go out of your way to <clears throat> look like a punk, you know? You're wearing a uniform. Yeah, and so. it's like this weird uh, dichotomy, right? That, like, you, you are rebelling, but inside of rebelling, you become 
a stereotype and it's just it's really it's confusing dude that's why it's a good coming of age film is that it it asks you that question it begs you that question yeah so yeah the very end when uh you know he finally accepts it and he's i guess in the end i I was just a big fucking poser (laughs) fuck y'all thinking it (laughs) yeah and so there i was i was gonna go to harvard it was obvious i was gonna be a lawyer and play in the goddamn system and that was that. <laughs> it was my old man. He knew. So what else could I do? I mean, there's no future in anarchy. I mean, let's face it. But when I was into it, there was never a thought of the future. I mean, we were certain that the world was going to end. But when it didn't, I had to do something. So fuck it. I could always be a litigator in New York and piss the shit out of the judges. I mean, that was me, a troublemaker of the future. The guy that was one of those guys that my parents so arrogantly saved the world for. So we could fuck it up. We can do a hell of a lot more damage in the system than outside of it. That was the final irony, I think. That, well, this. <laughs> Fuck you, if y'all are thinking it. I guess when all was said and done, I was nothing more than a goddamn trendy-ass poser. absolutely and i love that his head shaved too and that he just looks like a normal guy you know what i mean like yeah it's really like because it shows you that all all it was was just blue hair and an outfit you know and then if you take that away and put him in a suit like he just looks like a an an average normal person you know what i mean there's there's no yeah really nothing separating him but it's like she said rebellions in the mind and like he already has it like he's gonna go like he said, I I'm always love this lines. You can do a lot more damage inside the system than you can outside of it. And I that's always true. took that to heart. Like I was always like, you know what? That's true. The selling out thing, you bring this up, man, calling people sellouts and posers <laughs> in the early 2000s was like rampant, right? Oh, yeah. Because that's immediately what was said. Like when you're in the scene, if somebody, if a band got signed, like, oh, they're sellouts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because obviously they're you're jealous or they're jealous or something like that, but that's what you would call somebody. They should and, play in dirty basements forever. Yeah, man. Well fuck into money. the thirties and forties. Labels be, are be real, you know. Labels are for cans, man. It's like, yeah. Oh, you want to make a little bit of money and like support yourself and your family? What a fucking pussy. Yeah. It's like <laughs> what? But that's just immaturity, you know, and I think that's why this movie was so important to me then, is because in some small ways, even if I didn't realize it, it was teaching me to mature and to look at things differently, you know, and mm-hmm. to know that, you know, the having blue hair is great. You can have blue hair until you're 80, yeah, but it doesn't define you. Sure. You know? And I mean, like, I, I think it's really cool and why this movie is still so powerful. So have you ever met like a grown ass adult that's like a gatekeeper of something? Oh, you like VHS tapes. You haven't seen this. It's like, what? Yeah, I've come across a few people like that. Yeah. My God, I would rather hang out with five country ass redneck dudes than two <laughs> of like fucking black metal elitist nerds, you know, like stuff like that. Like, oh, you think that uh, that band's true black metal? Do you even know anything? It's like, you know, fuck off, you cave dweller. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, those those people are boring, man. Yeah, they're boring, and I mean, it, it's boring in the way that how can you have any kind of conversation or connection when people are constantly trying to push you away from the circle you know what i mean like it's just not it's not going to work and i mean you you start to sniff those people out and you know you start to recognize their actions and and 
their behaviors and right away i'm just like hey red flag like this people are going to be like that people are going to be snobby but like you're right man it's total bullshit like that's not how you that's not how you share a culture yeah or instead of like bonding over the fact like oh we both like this kind of obscure music genre that not a lot of people like instead of embracing that it's like well how can i divide us you know now that we're gathered here in this little niche conversation it's like well do you like this band or this movie or i mean it is this isn't mario brothers you don't need a one-up bro yeah you you just don't (laughs) so like i like that (laughs) i mean it's just uh it it sucks and it is it's unfortunately a part of a lot of cultures you know people that want to seem elite you know and and Mm. it's just those people aren't leaders, man. Like, I mean, like you have these leaders emerge through, through community and, and through, you know, just sharing things, you know, and, and making friends and making acquaintances and discovery. Like that's why yeah. we're into what we're into, right? Because if you found a new, a new band tomorrow mm-hmm. or a new, a move, new movie tomorrow, your attitude would be like, Hey, I want to share it with you. Mm-hmm. Not that like, Hey, guess what I found that you don't know about. <laughs> like these, yeah. these are the two separating attitudes, right? And yeah. it's like it's it's just it's crazy that it still exists and, and yeah. kind of pervades culture a little bit. So yeah, and I mean, I used to have that those same kind of attitudes, but you know, you grow out of it. Hopefully, sure. and hopefully, yeah, mature, and you just try to keep opening your mind and learning new shit. Don't be a jaded asshole gatekeeper. You know, I mean, that's all you can do is learn from it. I was the same way, man. I mean, I, I definitely had those moments in my life where I was, you know, acting like an elitist and stuff. Cause you know, I was like 19 years old working at like a major, like a really awesome metal label. Like I felt like crazy cool, you know? And it, I mean, it was pretty cool. It was, it was awesome, <laughs> but I learned a lot, you sure. know, going yeah. through that. And it taught me a lot of things about, you know, attitudes and, um, you know, how you treat people and like how you produce things and how, like how you take an idea and turn it into something else. And I don't know, man, it's just growing pains, you know? Yeah. But some people never grow out of it. I guess. I guess. I guess. You know what, Josh? You feeling hungry? (laughs) Uh, I can use a little VH snack. A little VH snack? Okay. I know we kind of got off the rails there and, uh, but you know, no, this is good content. I yeah, hope. you know, it's yeah. good. Hope you guys are digging it. You yeah. know, we just kind of went down a little rabbit hole. But yeah, man, I'm a little, uh, little, little hungry over here. Yeah, well, so uh, you are on snack duty. I am. So, what do you got for me? Oh my god, dude! I am so excited to give you this. Okay. Okay. So it was really tough to figure out a snack for this, right? Because there's no real like food orbit here, right? <clears throat> yeah. But in the last three minutes, I thought to myself smoke he smokes a lot of cigarettes what? Wh- whiskey <laughs> he drinks a lot of whiskey wait who drinks whiskey bob oh because okay. that's all he does is smoke cigarettes and drink whiskey yeah so i was like hmm whiskey cake smoked almond whiskey cake whoa so <laughs> holy shit i have did you bake a cake i well, i did oh, yeah so cool and I also made cupcakes, yes. which we're going to enjoy. All right. Um, so I hope that you enjoy it. Oh, but I'm yeah. not calling them cupcakes. I'm calling them punk chunks. <laughs> <laughs> so so heroin bobs, smoked almond, whiskey chocolate, punk chunks. Punk chunks. Oh, my God. Yeah, I dude. can't wait. Yeah. And to wash it down, 
We got a Mickey's, Mickey's? grenade. Oh my god. <laughs> we got a Mickey's mm. grenade, dude. You know, anytime I eat a cupcake, I'm like, you know what would be good right now? A Mickey's malt <laughs> liquor. <laughs> you know what would be good with this big old chunk of sugar? Uh, really uh, malt liquor. Malt liquor sounds good. Are you going to like moon me and show me your 666 tattoo before we take a swig of the Mickey's? It's a Slayer tattoo, but yes, I will show you. Do you really have a Slayer tattoo? On my ass? Yeah. You don't. You know this. No, I don't. Yeah, dude, I have Slayer tattooed on my ass. I've never seen your ass before. Well, okay, that makes sense. All right, well, we're about well, to Well, now go. everybody knows. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got to get a glimpse of this uh, <laughs> the Slayer tattoo and eat some cupcakes now. Okay. All right. All right what, so uh, what clip should I play for the good people? I, I always pick it. You got to pick the clip. Oh, man. Uh, we'll if you're drawing a blank, I got one. We'll play a Sean's job interview. Because yeah, the job interview is excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, we'll be right back, everybody. Hey! Uh, I, I gotta go. Uh, Can I help you? Yeah. I called about the job. You called? Yeah. I want to sell clothes. Woman's clothes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, have you had experience? With what? Women's clothes. What the fuck would I be doing in women's clothes? What do I look like, a transvestite? I'm not no fucking transvestite, all right? No, no, no. I, I, I mean, have you ever worked in retail? Huh? You know, selling clothes. Well, if I was selling clothes already, what would I be doing here? I really don't think this is the, the right way to start a working relationship. You got a real, a real bad attitude, lady. In fact, I don't even want your job. I, I don't care how much you pay me, because I got integrity. In fuck integrity. <laughs> well, Josh just put the snack back in VH snacking. Oh, Dude, boy. those were so good. Dude, thank you. I'm really glad you enjoyed them. I, I tell you, it's been a minute since I drank a malt malt liquor Mickey's, but I gotta say, it's um just as bad as I remember it. It's, it's not <laughs> it's not good. Oh my god, dude. I, I remember. Well, you know what? It's not that bad. It's doable. It's you know, fine. Whatever. I, I'm not gonna hate on it. I'm not gonna harsh this Mickey's. Like I'm, I'm down with it. You know. You know, actually, it's not bad. It's the more you drink it, the more sure, you, you know. Sure, you want to get on like the third one. You look you're like this tastes like water. Good. It just did you remind- ever play Edward Forty Hands? Yes. I never did, but yeah, it's gross because it gets all warm. Like oh. you're talking about where you duct tape forties to your hands. Yeah. Yeah, that was ha- that was happening at the punk house. Did you Philly. play it? I don't remember, but I remember. One of my friends, Allison, was constantly doing it, and she could drink anybody on the table. It was crazy. Um, but uh, I remember when I was younger, this is before I drank, right? So we were all a bunch of skateboarders, you know, and there was a liquor store down the street. And sometimes they would keep back stock outside, out back. Uh-huh. So oh. this is how I remember it. I don't know if this is actually true, but... They had a bunch of old English 40s just sitting out back. And like one of my friends ran up and grabbed a couple. Uh-huh. And we were just drinking it. And it was hot. Like it, it, <laughs> was it wasn't to say. it wasn't it wasn't warm. It was hot, dude, because it was like sitting in the sun. And I totally remember one of my friends whose name I'll keep secret. He chugged one of the warm 40s and it came right back out. It looked like a fire hydrant, dude. And it's gross. just a, it's so gross. Sorry mm. guys. I know this is VH snacking, but you know, no, it's okay. memories. Um but yeah, I'm glad you like the snack, the smoked almond 
whiskey chocolate punk chunk. When did you make those? Last night. Oh my God. Do you bake often? No. Ladies, are you listening? He keeps a clean house. He bakes. He, he does it all. <laughs> he has a Slayer tattoo on his ass that I've yet to see. And I got cold Mickeys. Like how far down on your... Can you just show me real quick? Yeah. Okay. It's not like beside your asshole. <laughs> that is a Slayer tattoo. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, man. That's gotten me a lot of free beers over the years. Ladies also, he's got a nice ass. I'm Thanks. not going to lie. Yeah, appreciate that, <laughs> he's Phil. He's got a nice keister on him. Appreciate that. Yeah. But I do have to say, last night when I baked, we did. I did have uh, help from my friend Kara. So shout out to Kara. Shout out. Yeah, she uh, came through and held it down, you know. So I appreciate that. Nice. Mm. When did you get that tattoo? Oh, my God. When I was like 20. Really? Yeah. And that's a hell of a story, too. So... Well, another time, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Well, Josh, I guess we need to talk about this uh, little little thing. Uh, there was a sequel to this. Yeah. It came out in 2016. I, well, when we talked about doing this movie, I brought it up. I was like, have you seen the sequel? And you're like, what? I didn't even know it existed. I was like, I think there's a sequel. Did I dream this? But there's a sequel. Came out in 2016. Um. Written, edited, and directed by the original director, James Marandino. Has all the original cast, barring Jason Siegel and Matthew Lillard. Yep. Has uh, Heroin Bob narrating the story. Yeah, from has, the grave. Yeah, from the grave. So, what'd you think about it? Well, I went in with very low expectations because everybody that was talking about it was like, oh, this movie's either shitty or like a waste of your time or like this and that. Mm-hmm. So I went into it with very low expectations, and after watching it, I thought it was fine. Like I thought it was fun. I laughed out loud a couple times. I thought that the the narrative was weak, right? Uh, I thought the characters were like I couldn't really invest myself in any of them, and I thought the ending was like super abrupt and yeah, weird. Um, the like what part of the ending? The ending in general, where he's like. I'm dead, so fuck you. Like, what? That, yeah, uh, yeah. I that, don't get it. And um, how the entire cast of the movie, like, uh, ends up at this, like, parking lot of the punk show. And, like, Sean and uh, John. John the Mod. Are in the limo Jimmy with Duvall. Eddie. And they're in the parking lot at the show. And Trish is there. And it's like, what are we doing? I thought it was cute. Like I thought, it had, like it was a cute movie. It had some it, good. I don't want to shit on the movie. I mean, it, I de- I'm definitely not shitting on it. No. Yeah, I mean, we can be critical and not, you know, um, be like actually, um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, uh, uh, actually, and then uh, I hit this part, this uh, this part of the movie like the original did. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> we don't want to be those guys, but. It had good moments. It did. I, it, I definitely laughed out loud a couple times. I thought that James Duvall's character as the black metal guy was like hilarious and, and weird, you know? Weird, yes. Yeah, he was like a black metal guy. What was up with that shirt he was wearing? What did it say? Go home, Jesus. Go home, Jesus? I don't get it. It's like, I'm no black metal aficionado or historian, but go home, Jesus? And just wear a mayhem shirt, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, some call it a day. Yeah, just put him in a black T-shirt. Yeah, that store that he works at. One he, thing I've noticed: he owns that store, dude. I love how Trish and him both own stores. Yeah, they could have dressed those sets up a little better. I think they put a lot of money into the concert. 
Yeah. Well, the uh, the band from the first movie came back and played mm-hmm. Extreme Corporal Punishment. That's not their actual name. I got their actual name. It's like eight, eight buck something. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. But I did find out something cool today. What? I told you about this earlier. One of the bands that plays, which they have some pretty cool bands play. They have the Dwarves and that band that you're talking about. They have but they a lot also, of bands play. Yeah. Because when I was watching the movie, I'm like, oh, watching a different band now. That's okay. I thought that was cool. And Screeching Weasel played. And uh, one of my buddies, a good friend of mine, Mike Hunchback, plays guitar for Screeching Weasel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. and I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's Mike Hunchback, mm-hmm. like on stage, you know, because he plays for, he's a guitar player for Screeching Weasel. And I was like, wait a minute. And he has a lunch meat sticker on his guitar. And you can't really see it because it's under the strings. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like it, under the bri- in the bridge. Yeah. And I texted him. I was like, yo, Hunchback, are you in SLC Punk 2? That's you, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's me, dude. And I was like, dude, do you have the lunch meat sticker on your guitar at this time? And he's like, you know what? I did. So there's totally a lunch meat sticker on that guitar in SLC Punk 2. That is awesome. So it made me really happy. Like, I... I don't know. That's really cool to be like in the most invisible, smallest part of in yeah. SLC punk canon, you know, growing up on Who this Who would have thought when you were in ninth grade, you were watching this. What if somebody were like, hey, one day you're going to like make this company and your logo is going to be in the sequel to this. You're invisible, like, but it's there. Yeah. And that's you know, cool though. it's actually there. So that was pretty cool. And it was actually cool to text Hunchback today and talk to him for a little bit. So shout out to Mike. Uh, miss you, dude. So, um, yeah, so I thought that was cool. Overall, I thought the movie was fine. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, but I needed to watch it since it was, you know, yeah. part of the canon. I thought Machine Gun Kelly did pretty well in this. I didn't realize that Machine Gun Kelly. That was Machine Gun Kelly, the guy with the mohawk, the really tall. Crash? Yeah, Crash. That's a young Machine Gun Kelly. Interesting. I don't really know much about that dude, so. um, he's a, He was a rap artist, and he's recently kind of turned pop punk. I, I uh, knew that much about him. Um, I haven't listened to any of his new stuff. Apparently, he like won a maybe a Grammy or some shit for like best new rock artist or something. Oh, right. And all the Good elitists for were like, actually, he's not. <laughs> he was a rap artist. This is a travesty. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody's gonna have an opinion, dude. Yeah. Um, but I thought he did good in this. Um, mm-hmm. he brought a good energy to it. Well, I mean, the performances are kind great. of the closest thing to Steve-O. I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the performances are good. I mean, they're all seasoned actors, you know, f- for the most part, especially like all the returners. Yeah, you know I, I mean? wasn't crazy about the lead kid, Bob's son. Oh, yeah. With the whole Edgar Allan Poe. I think that's goth. part of his character, you know, he's a he's a little... I get that, you know? but maybe go with a different style of character. <laughs> Not like talking like you're in Macbeth or some shit. Well, he's like, like a goth. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, dude, I oh, why is he like that? I don't know. Why dude. was he written like that? I don't well, know. I mean, his mom does have like a death store and everything. So. I guess. Yeah. But you liked it? You li- you liked that yeah, SLC too? Yeah, yeah. Like it's I, called Punk's Dead, by the way. Yeah, Punk's Dead, SLC Punk 2. It's on, it's on Tubi. It's on Tubi for free. For so free. give it a watch. Free 99. Um, yeah, it had brief moments of uh, that same sort of fast-paced energy, like the first, like just brief moments of it, though. Mm-hmm. But it didn't quite, it, it meandered a lot, you know, where the first one was like kind of bam, 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 like keep the narrative flowing. 
this one just kind of felt like, uh, what should I do here? Um, I guess there were a lot of crossfades and stuff, we'll, which were surprising to me. Since Marandino is obviously like you know a very talented director, and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> not that it was bad in any way. If he's listening, we we love your movies, dude. But yeah, I, man, not like. I, it, it felt, you know, what it felt Definitely like to me? doing a hell of a lot more than I ever could. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, what it felt like to me was kind of like a pilot episode for a television show. Yeah, you kinda, mentioned that, and I can. It kind of has that vibe, like the way the characters are, and the way they're like, they're the way they're postured, and like you can continue telling that story. You know what I mean? Like those characters are all established now. Like he's going to have a relationship with that punk girl, and then like they're all becoming friends again, and like. It feels like it could become like a television show. To hey, me, hey, there's an idea. SLC Punk, the Netflix series. Do it, Marandino. Please, <laughs> like bring it on. I could see. Uh, yeah, I, I see. I bet you, you Lillard would get on board for that, dude. I bet you would come back and sit with Siegel. Really? If, if it was on Netflix and it was a TV show, I mean, or if it was on Hulu or something, like I really feel like it could. If if you watch this and you know. I would love to see if you agree or disagree that it feels like a, well, obviously you do a little bit, but it mm-hmm. feels like a TV show, a pilot. Sure. That's a fair, fair observation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was no Matthew Lillard in this. And I mean, he's just so strong in the first one. It's, he's just so obviously not there. Yeah. I mean, heroin Bob does fine as the narrative. I think he does good. Yeah, yeah he does good. Um, he keeps the same cadence, you know, because that's so so signature about Bob, right? Is he has mm-hmm. this particular cadence, like the, and he's like, dude, 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 and like all that stuff was there. Yeah, so it was cool. But this is a good uh, segue into our MVPs, huh? Hey, uh, I think we could uh, slide on up in the MVPs. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to hand out your, uh, what's the award going to be today? A golden... Mickey's Grenade. A golden Mickey's. A golden Mickey's Grenade. Before I'm going to take a V8 right. swig here. Hold on. If she told me to lick a cop's asshole, I'd probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> Look out there, Bob. <laughs> It's like Jesus Christ took a giant shit and it landed right here. I don't know, dude. Like the other day, we were like eating candy corn and stuff. And Trish had like candy corn and stuff. <laughs> I almost I wanted to like, use candy corn in something. I was when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh man, is candy corn gonna be involved?" If I could find it, I probably would have infused it. And when, but. I had this thought when you texted me and you're like, "Yo, do you have a nut allergy?" And I was like, "Nah." I was like, "I hope Josh doesn't think candy corns are nuts." <laughs> <laughs> What if you were that stupid? Oh, man. You're like, dude, you're not allergic to nuts, right? <laughs> I mean, I've done some pretty stupid shit in my life, but no, I, I do know that it's just wax and sugar. Yeah. Um, By far the grossest candy. Okay. You're going to open any- up a huge debate right, right. now. <laughs> you can call me a poser? No, man. How, I, I see so many people that hate candy corn, and then I see people that love it. Does anybody love candy corn? I'm sure there are. Is Trish there, loves it. Is there a person out there that like wakes up and they snack on candy corn on their way to work? Yes. Absolutely. That If you do that, you need help. Okay, That's so bad. I got a question for you, dude. <laughs> I got a question for you, dude. Okay. You don't dude, like candy dude, corn. Dude, dude, <laughs> dude, 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 listen. Okay. <laughs> candy corn stays in your spine forever. <laughs> All right, for real though. Put so, that shit in your system, man. <laughs> You're fucking yourself up, man. <laughs> so, candy corn, you don't like it. You're a naysayer, correct? I'm saying nay. Okay. It's not the worst. I could eat it and be like, well, this is kind of gross, but I'm not vomiting. So, 
I mean, that's not a great review. <laughs> no, it's not. But I'm asking you, you don't like candy corn. Do you like those little pumpkins? Which ones? Little marshmallow pumpkins? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. It's the same oh, thing, dude. I don't it's know. It's the same shit. Uh, it's just like a different form. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this argument. I like candy corn just fine. And also they make really cool flavors now. Like it's not just like the standard candy corn flavor. They make mm-hmm. like raspberry lemonade and like fucking, you know, caramel apple candy corn and shit. Really? So like got to get with the program. Dude, like, the only kind of corn I like, we're going to see them in two weeks. Baltimore. That's the only kind of corn I want to see. Are you ready? Dog. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm going to bust. I wonder how many people are like rolling their eyes right now like, fucking you guys like corn? <laughs> hey, man, don't get us started. We will. How many times have we hung out and like towards the end of the night, we just inevitably put on Life is Peachy or something. We're like, yo, this album still rips. Constantly, dude. <laughs> Constantly. Constantly. We might do it tonight. Yeah, we're definitely doing it tonight. Oh, yeah. we're uh, we're going to follow the leader tonight. Mm-hmm. Sir. Maybe a little bit of issues. I don't know. Well, we'd have issues if we did. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> all right <laughs> that's my fifth bad joke of the day by the way okay so my mvp yeah who's the mvp bob yeah it's michael gorgian right that's how he's gorgian gorgian i don't know mm. but definitely him and here's why okay so objectively matthew lillard is a standout performance he is incredible in this movie right but i chose bob because his performance is just as powerful even as a supporting character, he's awesome. Yeah. You know, like all of his lines are just as memorable. He's just as funny. He, he steals scenes. But when I watch this again, Bob is the catalyst for everything that happens in this movie. It's all, even Lillard says, even mm-hmm. Steve-O says, it's always been Bob. Yeah. So, and that's why I think like, so in the beginning, like in the very beginning, Bob brings down that tape from LA. Yeah. He's like, you know a guy in LA? <laughs> puts on that Gen X and it changes everything. It, it, it guides them through everything that they become. And then at the end, he has a horrible, a tragic death. Yeah. And it changes Steve-O's path again. Yeah. So he is the most valuable player inside of this story because he has influenced every single aspect of change inside of this movie. And that is why he is my MVP. And that's why I dedicated, you know, <clears throat> the snack to him too, because he, you know, smokes whiskey. Yeah. R.I.P. Heroin Bob. Dude. dude, wow. I feel like I should give you a standing ovation right now. That was very moving. Like, Thank you. Whoa. Yeah. Well, yeah. we could, I usually eat a cupcake instead. You know, a punk chunk. Yeah. Excuse me. A punk chunk. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, can't argue with that. Yeah. Shout out to Bob. <laughs> Yo, Bob lives. Heroin Bob. Um, yeah, he's uh has some moments of like really good acting as well. Like I always feel really bad for Bob. You know, like after they go see his dad, yeah. and he's like got tears in his eyes and he's, yeah, you just feel bad for him. But Well, you see the tearful, incredible performance from Lillard when, when Bob dies, right? But when mm-hmm. Bob is being driven home after, right before he dies, mm-hmm. and he's like, do you think I let my dad down, dude? Do you think I let my dad down? Yeah. And he's like, no. Really I think. sad. And then he's like, I want to marry Trish. And it's like, haven't we all had those moments where we're like, just... Not even drunk, but like just like if you if you do drink, whatever. But you have these moments where you're just like, you've been there. You know what I mean? Where he's like, I mm-hmm. want to marry Trish. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought it was so powerful, and like because Lillard's like, yeah, sure, Bob. And he's like, I'm serious, dude. Like it's just he just awesome. So Bob for me, yeah, absolutely, right on. For me, 
for you. I mean, I guess I could say Matthew Lillard. That seems a little obvious. In a way, you got to give it to Matthew Lillard. I mean, since you gave it to Bob. It's either Lillard or Sean. So, Oh, yeah. Let's not forget about Devin Sawa here, okay? <laughs> yeah, Devin Sawa. Dude. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. Man. And uh, I do, I do want to shout out James Duvall as oh, John yeah. the Mod. Yeah. Because he's such a cool character. Like, he is like, Gandhi! Like, he's he's the diplomat, you know? And, like, if you notice, when Bob dies, it's only Trish, Steve-O, and John the Mod. Uh, and he was cool with with Sean. Mm-hmm. He was cool with everybody. And, yeah. uh, I don't know, I just like his character. I like Jimmy Duvall in, in anything he's in. So, I just want to give him a shout-out. Yeah. Everybody be more like John the Mod. Float in between tribes, you know? Just be cool. Just, Pick up your friends for soccer practice. Just be like, cool. Just do it, yeah. You know what? I was kind of that guy in high school. Yeah. I had, like, some preppy friends. I had... There weren't many metalheads in my high school. I was kind of alone in that category, so I just was kind of forced to have, quote, normal friends. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> the worst thing in the world. Um. So, yeah. Like... Just be be cool with everybody. I mean, that's how I was. I've always been a pretty friendly dude, yeah. you know, and um, just kind of want to be friendly with everybody, you know, and, you know, accept everybody for who they are. And that's how I was in high school, too. I, had, I was friends with everybody in high school. Yeah, don't get me know? wrong. I look back and, you know, we talked about it, you know, some of that, like, elitist type behavior. Yeah, know? I actually didn't get infected with that shit until I was, like, 20-something. But in high school, like, I was totally, like, diplomatic and, you know, mm. like, was friends with everybody. But yeah, to your point, cheers to that, dude. Just be cool with everybody. Just be friendly. It doesn't matter what you wear. Yeah, share a Mickey's with them. Yeah, share a f- This is getting better as I drink it, dude. <laughs> share a fine malt liquor with them. Mm. I love that they had the gall to put fine on this. It, it is should just say good. I mean, like, Mickey's. I'm going to have another one, dude. It should say Mickey's. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey's. You'll drink it. <laughs> Mickey's. It gets better after like the third one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout um, out to Mickey's for sponsoring yeah. this event. God, how do we get some sponsors on this show? <laughs> I need a VH sponsor. I mean, on I this feel show. like HelloFresh or something. You oh, always cool. hear them on podcasts, like yeah. the food. Are they going to so, deliver food for our snacks? We will be like, you know, Josh, VH snacking's hard work, especially when you got got to go to the grocery store but luckily we got hello fresh they yeah. send us fresh ingredients and they'd be like do you deliver mickeys <laughs> please please so yeah my mvp i'll go matthew lillard it just feels right i mean it's inarguable i mean he's obviously a powerhouse in this movie he carries the entire film his performance is outstanding yeah he makes you care about him and everybody else in this movie um fantastic role for him fantastic yeah, without his narration, you probably wouldn't care as much about like, oh yeah, meet this person. You know, it, like without him there, it would just be not boring, but just a bunch of punks at a party. Kinda. Yeah. Like his narration really sells it. And I was watching him in this movie. I watched it again today, and just his facial expressions. He's very animated and just 
grabs your attention. Well, that's characteristic of his acting anyway. Yeah. You know he's what I mean? He's a man. I mean, I mean that's why he got... so underrated as an actor, I think. He's done a lot of cool shit, dude. I mean, like, yeah. it, you know, obviously Scream, and I like him in Scooby-Doo, and, you know, like... I never it, saw the Scooby-Doo movies. No, I just recently watched them, actually. Like, I, I saw them when they came watch. out, and then they're fun. I mean, yeah. they're cartoonish. They're exactly what they should be. They're they're mm. fun. Yeah. Is that Freddie Prince Jr. in that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, those are my MVPs or my MVP or Shooter McGavin. He he was in the running too. <laughs> yeah, that dude rules. <laughs> I didn't sell out, son. I bought it. <clears throat> my final thoughts. We have given out the MVPs. We have had our snack. Um, our VH snack. Can I just say something before we wrap this up? I think so. I missed hanging out with you so much. I missed recording. <laughs> I missed you too, but Dude, we haven't like hung out in like a proper hang in like a month. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, we like, played basketball like... Uh, like right after I got back from the yeah, beach and right like before you ago, went to VHS two weeks ago. Yeah. 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 yeah, like the other night, Alyssa walked out into the backyard. She saw me just standing there with my hands in my pockets, like staring up at the moon. She was like, what are you thinking about? I'm like, Josh. <laughs> You're not, dude. <laughs> Just uh, ready to uh, record an episode of VH Snacking. Uh, that's a really VH Just, like, sweet of you, dude. Kick the dirt around a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what Josh is doing right now. Oh, do you think uh, Josh is looking up at the same stars right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be back, homie. We're gonna have some fun tonight too. Oh, dude, I, I'm so excited to drink shitty malt liquor with you. Yeah. Um. So, closing thoughts. You got any? Um. Honestly, dude, this movie was very uh, important to me growing up, and it was wonderful to revisit it. Um, it brought back a lot of memories of old friends that I don't talk to anymore, and how we came up, and how we used movies and music to as help us shape who we were, you know, and like as it might be a mistake to do, like we talk about identity and stuff like that, but mm. hell, man, I mean, like. That was cool. It was cool to have these things in your life. And like SLC punk was something that was a constant, you know, we'd like, you know, we'd listen to operation Ivy and like, you know, go to the mall and then like, you know, listen to no effects and like, you know, yeah. it means just like, it was just part of your life, you know, and, and going back and revisiting it and you realize how existential this movie is. Yeah, Cause I really think that is. went over my head a little bit when I was like, you know, 16, 17, 18, but rewatching it now as like a 36 year old, you're like, Holy shit. No wonder you know, all this, this stuff happened, you know, and I thought it was just, is awesome. And I found a, a, a new appreciation for this movie revisiting it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, yeah. I, you know, like I said, I didn't watch it as much as you, but yeah, it's, the morals of this movie are very much hit home. And uh, God, another little line that really stood out. He's like, How's it? How's it go? He's like, uh, you know, what do you do when your foundation falls apart? I don't know. They don't teach you that in college. Yeah, <sighs> because that's happened before. You know, like when you're, you know, 24 or whatever. Maybe it's like in the form of like a relationship ending or something. Just somebody dies or just a heavy moment in your life. You know, it's like, what do you do? So. You just, you look around at what you have and you move forward, dude. I mean, yeah. like, that's, and like I mentioned before, like my best friend passed away and, uh, when I was in my twenties and it, it's, it's crazy, you know, thinking about it, you know, watching this again, like, holy shit, this happened to me, 
you know, like years later, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just really important. I mean, it's just like, it's funny how, you know, all kinds of media, books, film, music, they help you deal with things, you yeah. know, and I think that this movie definitely helped me deal with some shit. Yeah. Yeah. I have a similar, I had a childhood friend die mm-hmm. and every time I watch Stand By Me, I'm like, oh. Very end of that movie, I'm like, just fucks me up. I'm like, oh, oh my god, Stand by Me might be a good snacking episode. Could be. I wanted to bring up another one <clears throat> and see if you'd be into this. What's that? Summer School. Summer School. You don't know Summer School? What's that? Fuck, Mark Harmon. Never heard of it. Oh man, it's such a good one. <laughs> okay, because we want to tease a little bit, like what what our next one is, you know? Oh yeah. Well, uh, it's my pick. Yeah, so it's your pick. So um, I just want to toss Summer School on the table. But I mean, if you haven't, seen I've got to see what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? I don't. Shit, do I have one lined up? You know what? I do. What is I it? I think this came out in '93. Our sweet spot. We're gonna go back, and we're gonna kick some butt because we're gonna cover three ninjas. Yes, dude. <laughs> yes, dude. And it's so funny because when I went back to my parents' house, I was going through some tapes to like. Uh, you know, cause I got like hundreds, a thousand tapes in my parents' basement. So I was just there and I was like going through them and see like what I could bring to VHS Fest and give away for free or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, sell for like a buck and, uh, three ninjas popped up and oh. I was like, oh man, well I need to grab this cause I think we're going to do this. So it's so, oh, you've v- got it. Yeah. It's VH yes. serendipitous, dude. We, I totally <laughs> got it. I got it in another room. Man, I have not seen that in at least 10 years. I haven't seen it in a very long time, so I'm really excited to revisit it and do it. So is, is that the call? Is Three Ninjas next? It's got to be. Three Ninjas. It's your snack duty, too. Aya! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my snack. Okay. I got to rewatch it and figure it out. Okay, uh, but do you remember, before we sign off, do you remember their names? Rocky Colton Tum Tum. Damn, you're right on that. Okay, Boom. just, all right, you're there. Booyah. Let's get back to it. What was their uh, grandpa's name? Don't ask me. Grandpa? I think it's grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) It might be. It just might be grandpa, dude. I just remember like the three metalhead dudes. Like one of them wears so awesome. One of them wears a Metallica shirt. He's got like a backwards hat and like he looks like a total pizza dude. He looks. He kind of looks like how I dress, honestly. Like I mean, (laughs) it looks like me a little bit. I can actually see you like breaking into this house with those dudes and be like, all right. Where are those little boogers? <laughs> Where are those little boogers? <laughs> like if I shave my mustache, put on contacts, and like wear a backwards hat, like I might become this dude. So you might. better watch yeah. it out. All right. You heard it here first. It is Three Ninjas next week or whenever we put it out. Um, yeah, this was a lot of fun, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I know we... we kind of went off course and talked about some different things but hey. no i think it's good dude i mean like yeah you got to be honest about how the movie impacts you and like it, it makes you think you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's a coming of age film and the coming of age films are important in that way you know so and especially my experience with it it's you learn about who you are it's all about finding who you are and what you want to do with your life and there's phases stages and then there's permanencies and it explains it all yeah you know yeah, and that's the mark of a good movie if it kicks up all these kind of memories and philosophical questions, you know, makes you think a bit. Yeah, so. but also makes you feel good, mm-hmm. you know, because the movie's hilarious too. I mean, SLC Punk's awesome, so. Yeah, I feel um, like we talked a lot about the heavy side, but yeah, there's definitely. I mean, this yeah. movie's hilarious, dude. Yeah. I mean, there's there's tons of funny shit, and um, 
Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, please go check it out. Let us know what you think. And if you have seen it, we hope that you enjoyed revisiting it with us. Yeah, and thanks for listening to the episode. We were having a blast doing these, so yeah, we're going to kick some ass next week, yeah. All right, everybody, keep on VH snacking. See you later. (laughs) The Greyhound's rocking out tonight to maximum rockabilly. When two punks choose to risk the subway for a tube to Piccadilly, whose efforts stir fast gangs for glory, another dumb casualty. Having fun. Salvage six, hit a flick, knife flicks. Oh, kiss me. Deadly Tonight Another battle Was won and lost Down the bishops And last night Spotlights picked the kids In triumph With a thousand scars In flight See how they Terraces in black and white Young and old Into the fight Having fun As Alistix discovers teenage sex Kiss me Down in ecstasy, but they can't.